Hello, basketball fans, and welcome to the Dave and Dia podcast. Starting at center from Portland, the wily veteran, Dave Deckard. And at guard from Los Angeles, the patron saint of rainbows and unicorns, your podcast MVP, Dia Miller. Welcome back to Dave and Dia of Blazers Edge Podcast. I'm Dia Miller. I'm not joined by Dave Deckard this week. He is out of town. So I have with me today Josh Rodriguez. He is actually our producer for the show. We owe him a lot of credit. He makes us sound better than we are. He is also a producer for Uninterrupted. I know Blazer fans. I know it's LeBron James company, but still, we like Josh here. He also has his own podcast, The Dime with Josh Rodriguez on Ball is Life. So Josh is here with me today. It's going to be fun. I've, I've been on Josh's podcast. He has not, obviously, but on this one, we don't really typically do guests. So this is kind of a different a different thing for me. Josh, how are you? I'm good. <laughs> Hopefully I can fill Dave's shoes. You know, Dave's analogies and anecdotes are going to be hard to top, but I'll do my best for Rip City. Full disclosure, Josh is not a Blazer fan. He's not a Laker fan, though, so we've got that going on. Uh, he is a struggling New York Knicks fan. Struggling? Um, Wait, whoa, whoa, what? Whoa, 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 whoa. Struggling? You struggle as a fan. Like, you're not, you're not so not sure lately. you're a fan. I've been, ha- I've been happy lately. I have been. This past year was a good year. Okay. All right. So, so he's, he's a fan when it's a good year. Um, I kind of got him on board with the trailblazers last season. He, he, he was an honorary trailblazer fan and you know, he has to listen to our podcast and edit every week. So I feel like we've made a dent. We've made a dent. I know more about the blazers than I know about the Knicks probably. And that's saying a lot. You're welcome. You're welcome for that. I'm going to go ahead and take, take all the credit for that. As you should. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a lot to kind of break down this week. It was interesting because when we decided to go ahead and do the podcast through the off season, I was afraid we wouldn't have anything to talk about. And then the Blazers blazered. And here we are with all this to talk about. So um, I'm going to start on a, on a high note because there's, there's a lot of things to break down this week. Some things that are a little more difficult, some things that are kind of fun and interesting, but we're going to start it off on a high note. Team USA. Damian Lillard is a gold medalist. They won. They they won the gold medal. It wasn't looking good there at the beginning. There was a no. lot of crap being talked. Was it Draymond Green that came back and was like quoting everybody? About- oh, he had receipts. He had receipts. <laughs> he bookmarked every negative thing anybody said about Team USA. He probably read it before every single game, shared it with the team. He came out firing. Drunk, by the way, probably. <laughs> yeah, so he had a lot to say about that. But in the defense of the internet, they had a rocky start, but they pulled it together and they they won gold. And that's always fun to see, but especially this this year, seeing Dame get a gold medal. It will never get old watching these grown adult men who like act so tough just leaping around like happy children. It's like you grow up playing this game. What drives you towards the game is your youthful youthful energy growing up playing basketball with your friends. So that's always going to be there. It, it's cool to see. They're taking the flag and running around with it like a superhero cape. Which, like, which it was, they should do. I they mean, absolutely should. Yes, I would, I would tie it to my neck and run around like Superman. <laughs> Why not? I just want a gold medal. Are you serious? 
yeah, it was it was fun to watch. It was fun to watch that that celebration. And um, you know, I mean, y- you can say what you will about winning a ring, and obviously that's the goal of being in the NBA, I suppose. Minus you know making millions, it's a bigger accomplishment in a lot of ways to win a gold medal. Less people win a gold medal playing basketball than win a championship ring. So I'm going to go ahead and and say that. Say, you know what? Dame has accomplished a lot as a trailblazer. Uh, (laughs) Let's hold on to that feeling. Let's hold on to that feeling. For a little while longer, at least. Man. For at least another year. It's the the rumors are getting a little out of hand. I got into it on Twitter today with some people who were loudly unfollowing us at Blazer's Edge because we were talking about the Damian Lillard rumors. You know, that's- what, What do they expect? You have to talk about it. This is like the biggest news in Blazer franchise history, probably. Yeah, you know, I think people don't want to hear it. It, It's rough. It's rough to think about Dame leaving. And I think there's been a lot of speculation and a lot that's come out of it about it. So we've had to cover it a lot. That's what we do. You know, when things show up, we cover them. And I think How that- How dare you? I know. It's, <laughs> we're the worst. Um, <laughs> I think that there's a sense in which it gets tiring, especially because nobody wants Dame to leave. And so like every time it comes up in our in our Slack channel and they're talking about more, I don't want, I don't want to talk about it either. Like, I don't want to talk about Dame leaving either. There's been a lot, a lot of that going around. I had an interesting conversation this week. Uh, I feel like this is it. I've wait, made it. Wait, is this I, a source? This is, I have a source. I have a source. Um, Dia Miller has a source, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I, I have a source. It is an unnamed source. I know the source, and I will say it's a valid source. So It's a valid I mean, source. If, if, if my word means anything to anybody listening right now, just know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a valid source. Um, I have a source. I'm going to be cautious still about what I say because, quite frankly, the whole like breaking news thing is interesting. I think we talked about this briefly last week on the podcast, but like that's not my thing. But I will say that according to this reputable source, we're not at the point yet where Dame's taken off. You know, Dame himself has said that, so I feel like this is fair to say Dame isn't isn't leaving as of right now. And I think that as Blazer fans, maybe that's the thing we focus on. You know, yeah, there's a lot of rumors. Things keep popping up. Dave always likes to bring up, like, the comparisons of these things to, like, a relationship. I always kind of just go with it, but it kind of is in this case where, like, you, you kind of feel like you're in a relationship with someone that has one foot out the door. Right. They're not quite sure they want to be in the relationship, but they haven't actually broken up with you. But then, like, you see these rumors that they were out at dinner with someone else and, like, that's kind of how it feels sometimes like you see like philly is is saying how they like there's this headline today about how they want dame you know they're they're coming after him in the past i would see things like that and i'd be like get out of here like this is ridiculous but now there's this like feeling of impending doom surrounding it gives you guys anxiety it does it really does so city twitter is just anxious right now i see it man it's rough so yeah. all I'm going to say for now is as far as as my source goes is we're not there as of now. And again, you know, Dame has said this himself. Um, and for whatever reason, I think like Dame says things and people are like, I don't know. I don't know if he's telling the truth. But then like a source will come out and say it. And they're like, oh, OK, good. <laughs> so um, Dame has said this himself. I don't think this is news breaking. He's not going anywhere right now. So let's just let's just cling to that for now. And try to tune out the rumors. What do you think of all the rumors as a Knicks fan? Because they've talked about him going to the Knicks. 
Well, they talk about going to the Knicks, and as a Knicks fan, I'm I'm a very realistic Knicks fan, and we do not have anything to offer you. <laughs> so if you guys make a deal with us, joke's on you. So personally, I think there's two levels, right? Before the level of I demand to be traded, there's a level below that uh, as if, like, get your act together. And I think that's where Dame is at right now. I don't think Dame wants to leave Portland. Anything he's ever said about Portland, he loves the fans. He loves the fan base. He loves the culture that Rip City has built, and that is all credit to the fans the city of Portland. I think he loves being there. I think he likes being low key. He doesn't seem like he's somebody who needs a big market. He doesn't need New York. He doesn't need Los Angeles. Being in Portland would be just fine for Dame for his whole career, as long as he's happy and he's competitive. I do think that he is kind of feeling a little bit of pressure to win a championship just because narratives form in the media and we make narratives as fans. And, you know, these guys are competitive. They want to win championships. They want to hold a legacy, especially if you're Dame Willard, who's going to go down as probably a top top 10 point guard ever to play the game you know you want a notch on your belt or two and I think he kind of feels the pressure of that or or wants to have a championship under his belt but I think at the end of the day I think he wants to stay in Portland it is my understanding and it's my kind of feel that he doesn't really get along with Neil Olshay that he's not really happy with the direction that he's taking the team and if I'm going to be completely honest with you I'm sure we're going to talk about this I don't know what Neil is doing to you know, repair that relationship. Dave talks about relationships all the time, right? So if I have a girlfriend and my girlfriend says, I need you to change this. I need you to work on this. As a good boyfriend, I'm going to say, okay, I take your criticism and I'm going to work on this. Neil Olshay basically just gave Dame the middle finger, it seems like, this free agency. And I know that they have CJ that they want to trade, possibly Nurk, but at the same time, there's been no discussions whatsoever that I've heard about any team that's interested in CJ. And Neil just kind of seems content on signing someone like Ben McLemore and, <laughs> and yeah. Cody Zeller, which is yeah. which is not enough at all. It feels to me right now like there's a power play going on. It feels to me like, you know, Dame kind of tried to go and do things the way he normally does, tried to kind of quietly deal with the issues, whatever. And it didn't work. <laughs> it hasn't been working for years because for years they've had Damian Lillard and they have not – done the preemptive things they needed to do to build around him. They haven't, you know, we're in this situation and people are like, well, they've done everything that they can. Well, maybe this year they've done everything that they can because they didn't have the resources they should have because Neil screwed it up in past years. We've given away our picks. We don't have the room to move like we should. And bridges have been burned and people don't want to be there and and things are happening. And even just in this off season, it's kind of blown up and it's been a difficult situation. And so I think now Dame is being a little more vocal about what he needs. And he's been pretty clear about the fact that things need to change or he's not staying. And in response, Neil went out and, you know, added Cody Zeller and Tony Snell and you know I mean we're not we're not making big moves still and it feels like a power play it feels like this kind of terrible game of tug of war and honestly I don't know anybody I have not seen one person I I posted on Twitter today and said basically are there any Portland fans out there that feel like the franchise has done everything they could to surround Dame with who he needs in order to I don't know. I said it better than this, but basically I asked that question. Does anybody feel like they've done it? And it was a resounding heck no. There were a few people who were like, well, they've made a few upgrades. No, Um, they haven't though. Yeah. Yeah. But nobody was happy with it. Nobody was like, yeah, we're going to like, nobody's confident. And And so if we're not, no, exactly. And if we're not, 
you know Dame isn't. And so it's it's just super frustrating when you've got somebody like him who's been loyal to this team, who's been loyal to the city, who's said he wants to stay there. And, and he's not asking that much. Like he's not saying, hey, bring me LeBron or I quit. Like he's not saying something that's just out of the question. He's saying, build around me, like build me a team, help me out here. And I don't think that's unreasonable. I don't think it's unreasonable either. And uh, you just mentioned the fact that, you know, he doesn't have assets to work around. I know the Blazers didn't have a first round pick this year. They didn't have any pick. They had to buy their pick. Right. But also, you know, at the same time, good GMs get creative, right? Like you don't have to stand where you are. You can make something out of nothing. You can sign a player or two that you could probably ship out in a trade, or you could sign someone with the intentions of maneuvering them somewhere else. I mean, there's different ways you can improve your roster. So to me, like even what you said, like you're completely right. I'm I'm not discrediting that, but even that is kind of letting him off the hook because it's like he can sit back and be like, well, I don't have the assets. And it's like, yeah, well, that's your fault. Even if you don't have the assets, you can still be creative and do things. Absolutely. so, so to me, that's that's the frustrating thing when it comes, you know, to Neil Olshay. Well, and I mean, we're seeing things like Ben Simmons. There was a whole talk about, oh, maybe we could trade CJ for Ben Simmons. And regardless of how you feel about that actual trade, the fact that Ben Simmons came out and specifically said he didn't want to be in Portland and then Hassan freaking Whiteside, <laughs> which if you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, I am like, I, oh, I am not someone who trashes players. And I, I still like, I, I, but I, I'm not a big fan of Hassan Whiteside. I think as a person, he's hilarious, but I didn't love him on the Blazers. We'll just put it that way. I didn't love yeah. him on the Blazers. Hassan Whiteside came out and said that the Blazers approached him about coming back and he said no and went to the Utah Jazz instead. Um, Who goes to Utah? Can we go? Can we st- can we stop for a second? Who decides consciously? <sighs> and I'm sorry, if there's anybody who, who lives in Utah. You no, know there's to gonna be one. <laughs> listen, I know there's one. I'm sorry, Salt Lake City is beautiful. Oh my god, yeah, it is. But who does? Who consciously goes? You know what? That's where it's at. Utah. <laughs> yeah, it's not like it's a big market. It's not like no. it's a like. I mean, it's, I don't know. I've never been there, but it's not like it's, it's not you know, a free agent destination. And right, I hear Portland's exactly. beautiful, and I hear p- players. You tell me all the time. Players love Portland. They do. And a they lot do. of them end up staying there. So yeah, I mean, Portland's a, a small market, but I feel like they've yeah. got some things to offer. So for for <laughs> for him to be like, eh, no, I'm going to go to Utah. That seems like a good place. That does not bode well for our current standings. I, I feel like you know, especially in a situation where it's somebody who's been on the team. And who knows these guys? And, you know, you you think like I've said so many times in the past, it feels like this is a team that wants to play together. They want to be together. Like they like each other. They get along. And that feels like it's starting to crack a little bit. Yeah. It, it's unfortunate, too, because they do like playing it with each other and editing your podcast and being present for every single Dave and Dia episode of all time. You were very high on the Blazers going into last season. And there was a reason was. for that. Because yeah. they have talent. You know, mm-hmm. there's this one thing where I think a lot of Blazer fans are pretty down on the team because they lost in their first round to Denver. And I think it's very easy to kind of hang your head on that and say, man, this team's not good enough. But at the end of the day, you do have a very good starting five. I don't think it's, yeah. you know, one of the best starting fives in the league like that one person said. I don't remember who said it, but I, you guys talked about it last week. Yeah. However, you know, Norm, CJ, Dame, Nurk, and Covington is a solid starting five. This team is not far away. You just need a little tweaks here, here and there. Why isn't Neil Olshay going after like a Dennis Schroeder who just signed with the Boston Celtics today as your backup for guard? a low amount? For the record, for really, it was, really it was like right. he was like a, he was on the clearance rack. Like that was exactly. I mean that was a steal. Exactly, that is a, a steal, and the Blazers were nowhere to be found in that discussion. And he turned down 
the a deal with the Lakers, like a big right. deal. Like a, I think it was right. like four years, eighty-four million or something right. like that. And he, he just went to the Celtics for like six million dollars. I don't know the for one a, year. Exact. It was a one-year yeah. deal, but, but yeah, still. not only that. That was I mean that was like way less. But Boston yeah. isn't like it's not like it's not like L.A. or New York. Like it's not huge. Well, okay, it's a big, but it's I'm trying to make myself pro- feel better here. Okay. <laughs> The Celtics are like the premier franchise. I, well, and I think I think Celtics are going to be sneaky and kind of sneak under the radar this year. I think they're actually going to be pretty good. They're yeah, they're um, really good. They should have been good last year. They just kind of they were injured and couldn't really click. So my point is is that Neil, even with this free agent market being what it is, you still have players on the market as of today who he could have signed. Even yeah. someone like Josh Hart, who could bring off the bench and play defense. He's not going to like yeah. stuff this stat sheet. He's not going to do anything crazy. But there was a path where Neil could have substantially said, listen, Dame, this is what I got you. I got you a backup point guard who can put up 15 to 20 a game if he had to. Josh Hart can play defense. He's going to you know, help us out defensively on the perimeter and hit the occasional three. There are still players on the market right now who yeah. the Blazers can get that they're not even tied to. It's like the Blazers not even talking to anybody. It's a smack in the face to Dame, to be honest it, with you. Yeah. And this is from someone from the outside too. You would at least hear once or twice, like, you know, the Blazers are interested in X, Y, Z, but you don't hear any of that. I haven't heard the Blazers interested in anybody. And there's still moves to be made. Yeah, I agree. Obviously, the Summer League – Sometimes people come out of there, but no, but that, but but summer league is for development. That's the thing. Yeah. It's, no, I you know. know, but this year, this well, we'll get to summer league. I don't yeah. know if I want to jump into that yet. Let's okay. let's wait on that. And then there's rumors like, for instance, this is the thing. This is the interesting thing to me because Neil is, you know, he he likes his guys. He has the guys that he's drafted, the guys that he, you know, I mean, there's there's rumors right now that he is gonna maybe build around CJ instead of Dame. Let Dame leave. And okay, so here's my fear. Here's my fear. My fear is that right now there's this pull. I wasn't going to go back into this, but here I am. There's this pull between Neil and CJ. I'm, I'm sorry, Neil and Dame. And technically Neil drafted Dame, but he was already lined up to be drafted when Neil came. And my fear is that he drafted CJ and Neil tends to get attached to the guys he drafts. And I wonder if he's going to wait it out until Dane gets frustrated and asks for a trade and Neil thinks that that's going to turn Dame into the bad guy. And then Neil will be free to build around CJ with Dame gone. I worry about that. So my thing with that is that if that is Neil's plan, if that is his course of thinking, he is a beyond incompetent GM. Because first of all, Dame Willard is an invaluable piece to any franchise. And any GM, any scout will tell you that CJ McCollum is a solid offensive player who can get a bucket whenever you need it. But he at best is at best is a low number two on a championship team, probably a three. So there's no GM in basketball in the NBA who would build their team around CJ McCollum. It's just it's just not a thought that would come across anybody's mind. So if that if if what you're saying is true, that man shouldn't be running a franchise, which now to me, if I'm the owner, if I'm Jody, that is just ringing alarm bells. Where is Jody in the situation to say, you know what, this guy's messing up my franchise right now? I'm looking at her now, where it's like you you have to see that like this man is literally causing a fire in your kitchen. You got to put out the fire somehow and kick him out. Yeah, it's one of those things where I am a huge CJ McCollum fan. I love CJ McCollum. I think he's a great basketball player. I think he's fun to watch. I think he is an, a phenomenal person. He's the kind of person that I love as a basketball player. Because because I love watching him play, and then I really like him off the court too. And I think he's 
great. I like seeing him play with Dame. I I like that combination. I know that's a little iffy that people don't necessarily agree with that. That's fine. I like them together. I would keep CJ till the day I die if we had other options. Personally, I would kind of rather keep CJ and trade Nurk. But our team is so short. If we trade Nurk, like that's our <laughs> that, that's our entire the, our entire roster will be what like six six and below. You'll get someone big back if you trade. Yeah, him. but but I'm just saying, like I I kind of in order to make some kind of move here to bring a little more firepower for Dame, it feels like we're so limited on what we can do. We don't have a lot of big pieces to do that with, and so but but I say that to say I I am a big fan of CJ McCollum. I'm not even someone who would say don't build around him. But when you already have Damian Lillard, why would you leave things and and not try to do anything and piss him off so he leaves the team and then build around someone else? Like when you have them both, that just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me at all. I don't know that that's what's happening. It doesn't make sense. It's interesting with Neil because he has his guys. This is how we got back on the CJ and Dame tangent. Um, he has his guys and he's attached to those guys. And so we see a lot of like repeat, like we've seen this with Inez Canner, who is now at the point where he's joking himself about going back and forth. He, his tweet when he left was, you know, it's been great, whatever, going to Boston. I'll probably see you next year, he said, because he went, he went uh, Boston, Portland, Boston, Portland, and now yeah. he's back to Boston. So it's kind of, it's kind of funny. But we see that happen with with Neil and, and Portland fans are a little bit this way too. Portland fans seem to be nostalgic. And so when someone who was a beloved blazer is an option, Portland fans jump all over it, whether they fit with our current roster or not. And so right now there's all these headlines about LaMarcus Aldridge possibly coming back to the NBA, even though he retired in the middle of oh, no, last guys, season. Don't, don't do this to yourselves. So, don't, don't so do this. Please don't do this. Now Let's I'm see. seeing all no. the Blazer fans no. being like, hey, let's get LaMarcus. <laughs> no, God, um, no. Josh, you have feelings. Tell me about it's it. Not just feelings. I mean, you say this all the time, right? What is the one thing Blazers need? They need defense. They, they can score the basketball with anybody. And LaMarcus Aldridge at this age, he's just not going to guard anybody. Does he bring a nice mid-range presence, post-presence to the team? Absolutely. But at this point, you don't need that. It's a nice story. It's cool to have him in a Blazers uniform again. I don't think he should have ever left, but come on. If you're a Blazer fan and you want LaMarcus Aldridge back, you're just living for nostalgia. Go turn on your TV, turn on Nickelodeon, go watch something old school because it doesn't even make any sense. He doesn't make any sense with the Blazers. I don't think the Blazer fans are going to like you very much. (laughs) The realist will. They're realist will. (laughs) Have you met Blazer fans? None of us are realists. (laughs) I'll say this. I'll say this. Me and Danny Morang, best friends. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you guys do uh, share a lot of the same views. I, but I, I, I do want to talk you off the ledge a little bit, though, Rip City. So maybe you'll like me by the end of it. There's, I don't know if there's a talking off the ledge. I think we're all <laughs> standing on the ledge, holding hands, singing Kumbaya, about to leap into oh, please don't the do this. abyss together. Please don't do this. <laughs> So we've got right now an interesting situation. We have a lot of guards with the moves that have been made. We've got Summer League going on right now, which normally is kind of like you mentioned briefly earlier, a a showcase for the younger talent. However, for the Blazers, not just younger talent, we've got... (laughs) Josh is shaking his head. We've got 
some younger talent, but it's interesting when you go down the rosters, it's like rookie first year, rookie first year, rookie first year on most of them. And then on the Blazers, it's like not like that. They're like, they're like the six-year-old guys in the YMCA league you guys play in. Like if you're 30 years old and you play in a basketball league, you rump against like 50, 60-year-olds, that's, that's the Blazers in this year's summer league. Oh, that was low. I don't like that. It's, it's, am I lying? I like some of these guys, though. I honestly do. And they're coming out and showing out. Because they're, 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 they're NBA veterans going against people who haven't even stepped foot on an NBA court yet. Emmanuel right. Moutier is going to look great against a 19-year-old kid <laughs> who wasn't even drafted. Fair. Emmanuel Moutier was on the Knicks. Do you want a scouting report on Emmanuel Moutier? <laughs> I mean, feel free. Cannot shoot the ball. Turns the ball over. Is very reckless. Is really inconsistent. Did not perform well up, up to expectations where he was drafted. Josh he, is a downer. I'm not a downer because I'm actually going to give you a positive <laughs> review on one of the players. He He's someone who at best is a backup point guard. But like I said, Dennis Schroeder was on the market up until today. And Neil yeah. could have signed him for cheap. So yeah. uh, listen, I'm with the fire Neil O'Shea train if there is one in Rip City. I know you're not. Oh, there is it. one. There well, is sign a. Sign me up. Sign there me is, up for that. There is, I, somebody, somebody suggested that Dave and I do Keeper Yeet with Neil Olshay, and that would be like the shortest article in the history of the world. It'd be two words, Yeet, from both of us. <laughs> Dave would just say Yeet, but you would say Yeet with like 20 E's. <laughs> I For somebody who is as positive and glass half full as I am, he's killed my unicorns. Oh my God. Like, who does he's, he's a unicorn murderer. Wow. Neil Olshay, the unicorn murderer. Can we have a listener make a wanted sign for Neil Olshay <laughs> for killing unicorns? I just Reward. Am, it's been so hard for me. Like I, yeah. I am I am somebody who is insanely positive when it, especially when it comes to the Blazers. I think in life typically I am, but especially when it comes to the Blazers, I am extremely positive and very glass half full. And when I get to a point where people on Twitter are saying I'm too negative. Like something's going on. Yeah, something's, something's going, going on. on. And and it's also the organization too. I mean, to go back to summer league, like there's no reason why Emmanuel Moutier should be getting minutes over your young developmental players. We know what Emmanuel Moutier is. And same with Kenneth Reed. And this is actually a player I do like who I think could help out any team. I think every team could use a Kenneth Reed. He's a little undersized. Yeah. He can't guard the rim. You know, he's active. I think the Blazers need athleticism. So he is somebody who I think, you know, after this is done, I wouldn't mind. Or if I'm a Blazer fan, if I saw he signed like a vet minimum, like I'd be happy. Like, all right, you know, he might yeah. get like 10 to 15 minutes in a spot here and there and I, I think he could make the roster but summer league is not for these type of players it doesn't make sense that actually brings me to something else one of the things that i was most excited about so i i was planning to be at summer league and then some things happen and i'm not there but the thing i was most excited about for summer league was watching nasir little i am a big nasir little fan and the more he plays the more i love him and so there was a lot of talk from Blazer fans about how excited everybody was, whatever, to watch Nasir Little play. And then right before Summer League, it comes out that he's not going to be playing at Summer League. Some of us are kind of in doomsday mode because it's like, wait, what? What's going on? What's happening? What's wrong? But this is not necessarily a bad thing. This is a situation where he's just, he's better than that, for lack of a better way of saying that. Like Nasir Little has developed to the point where he doesn't need Summer League anymore. He's going to be getting substantial minutes, most likely, on the Blazers roster next year, especially if we don't get any movement. So he is just sitting it out because... He's at that point, and and that is a good thing. That's a good thing for for Nasir, and I'm really happy to see that. And 
I'm really hoping he's going to play a bigger role on the team next year. I like Nasir a lot. He's actually one of my favorite Blazers. I think he adds an element to the Blazers that they don't really have, and that's someone who can attack the rim with athleticism. You know, he needs to work on his three-point shot a little bit, but, you know, he's active defensively. I like him. I mean, this this is from what I've seen, you know, and this is limited minutes off the bench, but I, I like him a lot, and you're right. It's not a bad thing. It just means he's graduated. Nasir Little has graduated yeah. summerly. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, so he'll be going into his third year. Third yeah. year? Yeah, third year. And, you know, I mean, that that's a point where you can get some significant minutes, and it looks like he probably will this yeah. this season. Him, he'll probably like seventh, eighth man off the bench for sure. Yeah. So that kind of leads me into Dave and I have been doing these keep or yeet articles, I, which I almost can't even stand to say. Yeet. Like, who even came up with that word? I don't know. I've never heard be. of that word. Really? <laughs> never. You always no. know the slang. What slang? I don't, I don't understand any Oregon slang. You know how much Oregon slang you have it's taught me? It's not Oregon slang. It's just slang in general. Yeet. I'm we pretty say sure nah. Nah. You nah someone? That sounds like you chew on them. No, nah, like nah. Like you, no, like no. Keep or nah? Keep or nah? Oh, keep, <laughs> keep or nah. Yeah, keep or nah. <laughs> okay, well, that's better than yeet. Yeet just, anyway. So we've been doing keep or yeet. We've had our last two this week since the last podcast. One was kind of a summary Nasir Little was part of that. He was the main part of that. Then um, Harry Giles, CJ Ellaby, and Rondé Hollis Jefferson are the last players on that. Dave said, eat all of them, I think. He was just like, get them all out of here. Make changes. Um, I said, keep unless there's a reason to trade them. Because I think all of them, again, they're not substantial enough to make big moves with. and, And I think that they've all contributed and can be useful. I'm honestly just so exhausted with trying to figure this out. But specifically Nasir Little, I think is is going to be key for us. And I think that's somebody that we just we Wait, hold on to. Dave said yeet on Nasir Little? So Dave didn't actually technically say yeet. He said keep with an asterisk of if there's a move that involves him, basically take it. So he's You could say that about saying, anybody though. Yeah, I, I mean, theoretically, saying. you could, but there saying. are people that I would say uh, it would have to be a bigger move. He's, I think, going to be a, a bigger part of the team this give year. Give him a chance. So. Just give him a chance yeah. and see what he's got. And give him yeah. consistent minutes. He didn't really get consistent minutes under Stotts. Maybe Chauncey sees something in him. Maybe there's a, a part of his game that might shine under Chauncey. Let's just, let's just see what he has. I, I totally agree. I think he should get significant minutes every game. Yeah. And then the last one was a keeper yeet with Damian Lillard. I didn't even know we were going to write this one, actually. But uh, Dave brought it at the end, and I was like, really? Who's singing oh, okay. yeet to this? Dave did. Come on, Dave. Dave said yeet. Dave. So- <laughs> Dave. <laughs> Dave isn't here, so no, he's I, getting. I just, Dave just likes the word. He just likes the way "yeet" sounds, so he likes to say it. <laughs> no, no. So I mean, he he made some arguments for that. Uh, my thing is, it's Damian Lillard. If Damian Lillard wants to be a Blazer, he gets to be a Blazer. As long as I mean, if he wants to be sixty years old and still play on the Blazers, I say we let him. <laughs> like this is not somebody that we play around with, in my opinion. No, I mean, even that, like, what are you going to get in return right now? I There hasn't been one single trade offer where I was like, you know what? If I was the Blazers, I would do that. Not not one. Or even think about it. Right. Like, th- there hasn't even been one where I'm like, mm, this is interesting. Like, just no. The only one that I could think of would probably be involving Ben Simmons. And you said earlier that's not happening. He doesn't even want to come to Portland. Exactly. And if he so, doesn't want to come, we don't want him. Exactly. So right now, there is no offer on the table to even trade Dame to. You know, I'm a Nick right. fan. We have nothing. I'll be honest with you. Like, if if Neil accepts a package from us, you have been hoodwinked. 
you have been bamboozled, and I apologize, but I don't think it's happening. So I don't understand why Dave would say Yeet. I mean, this is Damian Lillard. You, you want to keep him around as long as he wants to be on the team. And right now, he has said that he still wants to be a Blazer, although, right. you know, the relationship is a little tough. It's okay. You can fix it. You can mend it. Honestly, like, let's eat Neil. Let's eat Neil. I'm eat, good with that. Eat Neil. Yeet. That's such oh, a weird word. Yeet. Let's eat. You got to change that. I don't. I don't think "nah" well, is I the mean, proper word to now. use. It's over. Keep, keep or trash or. Ooh, that's harsh for the guys that I like. For Neil, maybe not, but for the guys. That How about I like. this? Keep or trade? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> keep or yeet rhymes, I think. So anyway, yeah. we don't need to talk about wording. <laughs> There was a video that was posted this last week by the Trailblazers social media of Summer League of the practice with Chauncey Billups, the new coach. He's coaching the guys. And honestly, it was great. It was really good to see. He seemed to be really interacting well with them. I liked his demeanor. I liked how he responded to them. And it brings up something that I want to talk about. We've talked a lot about Chauncey Billups on this podcast, and it's been a difficult conversation, an ongoing difficult conversation. And, you know, there's been things that have come out and people saying this and people saying that. And so when this video came out, it, it made me realize that I wanted to talk about this again briefly. And, I, and you know, we're not going to be talking about this forever. But because I've been so vocal about this, when things come up, there are times where I feel like I need to continue to be vocal about certain things. And this is actually probably not what people are thinking is coming because this is not going to be a negative thing towards Chauncey. But here's what happened. So I saw this video pop up and I watched it and I said exactly what I just said to you. Wow, like this looks really good. He he, I like how he's interacting with the players. I like this. I like that, whatever. And I realized something in that moment that like I really want to like him. I want to like him. I want to be pulling for him. And I want to be, you know, my normal DS self that is like, hey, who cares if he doesn't have any experience? Like, maybe that's good for us. Maybe I want to be finding the half full glass and cheering him on. And I think that this is where I need to, again, kind of explain where I'm at with this. Like, the Trailblazers franchise did Chauncey Billups such a disservice in how they handled this whole thing. All the stuff came out about this. And, and I'll be frank, when I first started talking about this situation, my focus was on Jason Kidd because that's the one that I knew of. I knew of what had happened. He'd been, you know, convicted. It was, it was a black and white issue. It was very clear. So that's initially what bothered me. And then when Billups came up, people were like, well, what about this? Well, what about this? Well, why aren't you saying anything about this? And there was there was some struggle there for me because there's some gray area here because he holds to his innocence and there was never a conviction. And so we're in this weird spot where like it's a he said, she said situation. And as someone who has been a victim, I struggle to not believe a victim. And I still don't want to discount that. What I do want to leave room for is the fact that regardless of what happened, I think that people can change and people can grow. I want to hope that that's what's happened here. I want to hope that whether he did it or didn't do it, he is a good man today. That's what I want. That's what I want to hope. That's what I want to believe. The problem is that when all of this happened and when he became the coach, the franchise didn't give him the opportunity to address this. 
in the press conference that we've all talked about a million times and don't want to keep talking about, Neil just cut him off more than once, didn't let him talk. Um, what I wish they'd done is given him an, an opportunity to talk because what's happened now is this is this weird cloud that hangs over him. And until it gets addressed, it's going to continue to hang over him. Every time his name comes up, every time I see him discussed, this gets brought up. Every time I see people, you know, talk about him as a coach, there's inevitably someone who chimes in and says, yeah, but have we forgotten like his past? This keeps getting brought up. It keeps getting brought to the surface. And and frankly, that's not good for anyone. It's not good for him. It's not good for the team. It's not good for the fans. It's not good for people who have been victims. I hate it. I hate that every time this comes up, it's another reminder of this. Like, I hate that I'm having to regularly confront something traumatic that I went through as a Blazer fan because it's constantly being talked about. Like, there's a part of me that just wants to say, you know what? We're here. This is where we're at. Let's just move on and not talk about it anymore because that would be easier to deal with for me in a lot of ways. I just really wish that the franchise had given him an opportunity to talk. I don't want to talk about this anymore. I said once before, like, I don't want this to be my identity in this world. Like, I don't want this to be something that follows me. But it does. It does follow me. And it's something that I have to... And even things like, I know if I were to repost that video that was posted on Twitter, I'm going to have people coming at me. Well, you didn't like Chauncey or you didn't like this hire or whatever. And like, I feel like I'm constantly having to explain myself when it comes to that. Like, and I feel like I wasn't clear initially in the fact that this is how I feel. Like what I just said has been true from the beginning. Like I even said when they had that press conference, he sat down and like, I wanted to like him. I wanted to hear from him. I wanted him to give me a reason to support him and and be on board. My issues here with this whole thing do not lie with Chauncey Billups specifically. Even though that's an issue in and of itself, it's not something that's black and white. And because of that, like I can't continually harp on this person being this person because I don't know. I don't know that he is what he was accused of and what the settlement was. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard for me to be in this space where this affects me because of my trauma. You're also dealing with somebody who holds to their innocence. I'm sorry, this is just really hard for me to vocalize the way that I want to because I stand by the things that I've said. But I also think that it's important for us to constantly be learning and listening to the people around us and and adjusting to that. And so while there's still there are problematic things here, but my big issues lie with the fact that the franchise did not handle this well. They did not face it head on. They did not deal with it. They did not answer the questions that were being asked. They did not give us a reason to cheer for him and root for him and pull for him. They gave us a reason to question everything instead of answering our questions. And that's frustrating for me. My issues lie with the NBA as a league that there are not policies in place for this. Because the fact is, if they had policies in place for something like this, if someone came up, for example, like Chauncey Billups, where there's something that's there, whether he did or didn't do it, he was accused and there was a settlement. So there needs to be a policy so that Obviously, the team said they did an investigation. We don't know what that consists of. Some more stuff has come out about it now, but I don't want to get into all that. But I want to know that there's a policy. Like, I want the NBA to have a policy so that when someone gets to the point of being hired as a head coach, I don't have to stress about this stuff. I can be on board with him. I can say, hey, you know what? Yeah, there was an accusation and there was a 
settlement, but they've done their due diligence so I can support him as a coach. I want to be able to do that. I want that to be the case. I want it to be so that when we get to this point, these questions aren't having to be asked. And that's not just for me as somebody who's been through something like this. That's also for him. He should be able to, or or whoever is a coach who has something like that, but gets to this point of being a coach, should be able to coach without this being this cloud over the top of them, without this being a cloud over the top of the team. It's just, it's frankly exhausting. And I don't know that I'm vocalizing this the way that I would like to. I think you are vocalizing it the way that you you should be vocalizing it. I mean, it's up to, you, you got to understand something. A lot of your voice is on Twitter. So you could only get so much in whatever characters. And on top of that, people don't always listen to the podcast. They might hear, you know, a, a, a clip or, or, or something like that. A lot of people make it out to be that if you have any questions about what happened with Chauncey Billups, you have pitchforks out trying to ruin this man's life. And that's just right. not the case. And a lot of people have to realize that when you're dealing with trauma, there are different ways that trauma gets brought up. And sometimes that just can be a small reminder of seeing someone's face or just having to talk about it over and over again. And someone like you just wants to be sure that when they're watching the Portland Trailblazers and escape or something that does that brings them joy, that they don't have to revisit trauma time and time again. It doesn't mean that you think this man is guilty. It doesn't mean that you think this man is innocent. But it also doesn't mean that you have pitchforks out, you know, trying right. to put this man behind bars and in jail. It right. doesn't mean that you want him fired. It doesn't mean that you don't think he has a job somewhere. You know, there's a lot of gray. And you said it before, like this issue is not black and white, but people are treating it like it's black and white. And there's a lot yeah. of nuance. And who are we to say if he's innocent or guilty? You can read the report and make your own judgments based on it, but you're not even going that far. And I think that's really important for you know listeners to understand that Dia herself is not going as far as saying Chauncey's innocent or Chauncey's guilty. She's not even going to the point where she's making a verdict herself. All she is saying is that as a woman who was abused, that when I watch the Portland Trailblazers, I don't want to have the even possibility that the fact that the head coach can be an abuser or a player can be an abuser. There has to be systems in place. So what you're fighting for, and I think the message has been very clear for anybody who has been listening, is just a system to go around the NBA where it can ensure that the people who are playing the game and coaching the game are upstanding people who have either A, paid their debts to society, or B, are innocent in accusations. And I don't think that's too much to ask. And I think anybody on any side can agree with that. Yeah, I think that's really important. Thank you for explaining that because I felt like I was getting a little ahead of my, or all over. When I start talking about this, it's emotional and it's personal and it's hard. And I think there's a part of me too that struggles with the right words because I don't want to be judged on that. Like I'm, I'm trying to be honest in where I'm at with this and I'm trying to wrestle through it and figure it out in real time. And I'm somebody that tends to wear my heart on my sleeve a little bit and I put myself out there. And with this issue, I put myself out there real early on and I reacted. And I stand by what I said in that, that there are things that are problematic about the situation. But I think a lot of the problem lies with how this was handled. I'm just really disappointed in the franchise. I'm disappointed in how they went about this and the fact that not only have they hurt so many people, they've also hurt him. Yeah. The way that they dealt with this has hurt Chauncey Billups' reputation. They had an opportunity here to deal with this in a very different way and they chose not to. And that's frustrating to me. I feel like instead of just sweeping it under the rug, if they'd said like, look, here's the situation, here's what we know, here's why we feel like he's a good hire, whatever, like 
there are a lot of us who could have been like, okay, yep, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with this. And instead I feel like I'm in this weird purgatory where it's, you are absolutely right in that I am not trying to make a judgment. It's not my place to, to judge whether he's innocent or guilty, whether something happened or didn't happen. That's not my place. It, it's not, it's not needed. It's not necessary. That's not what I'm doing. What I'm saying is exactly what you said. I want the franchise. I want the NBA as a league to have policies in place to deal with this stuff so that this kind of thing doesn't happen again. So that victims of something traumatic like abuse don't have to face this over and over and over when people are brought into these situations. And so that coaches or players or anyone involved in the organization isn't having to face this either because they're cleared by the time they get to there because he shouldn't have to deal with this either. Both can be true. There are situations where both can be true. And I think that this is one of those situations where he can be struggling and he can have been hurt by this as well as the other people that are struggling. Also, I think you kind of feel betrayed with the organization because when the Jason Kidd thing came up, it was very obvious that the fan base had a large portion that just weren't up for it. There was a there was huge black backlash for the specific reason that he was convicted of, you know, domestic abuse. And then Neil Olshay, and I'm just going to put it on him, but, you know, Neil tossed, you know, Becky Hammond in your face, Don Staley. Oh, we're all about women now. And then the one guy, the one man who has something in his past, that's the guy he hired. And it just kind of seemed like he was just trying to appease the fan base the whole time when he knew already knew he was going to hire Chauncey Billups. So by that action, people – are not going to give Chauncey a chance to begin with because it just looks like some shady stuff is going on. Especially having seen the backlash that happened with Jason Kidd. And you know he saw it because freaking Jason Kidd backed out because of it. Like it was right. it was very, very public. He should have handled this different. If, if still after that he felt like this is the guy, this is who we need. Okay, fine, fine. But then deal with it. Then handle it differently. Again, I don't want this to become a thing that we just are constantly talking about. But at the same time, like just personally, like what you hear on this podcast and, and what you see in my writing, this is not necessarily like a persona. This isn't an act. I'm pretty clear and, and open and maybe to a fault about how I feel about certain things. And this is me dealing with this in real time as things are developing, as things are happening, as I'm processing this. And I'm not the only one. And and so I, but I, but I felt like it was important to reiterate the fact that there's a part of me that really wants to cheer him on and really wants him to be a good coach and really wants that change to be a good thing. And, and, and once, you know, I want to see this team succeed. And I've struggled with where I land on all this because of the stuff surrounding it and how that affects me. But the more that I dig into it and the more that I grapple with it, the more that I'm realizing that my big issues lie on how the franchise handled it. And the fact that the NBA as a league does not have policies in place, or at least they're not holding them up surrounding this. And that, to me, the fact that the NBA will, because, I mean, you do have Jason Kidd, who's a coach on a, a team, and he has an actual conviction. And I have not seen anything about what's happened between then and now to make him okay as a coach. And again, I am not about cancel culture. I am not about ruining someone's life over a mistake or a bad choice or anything like that. I think people I, – I am 100% somebody who believes in redemption and second chances. I think that people change. I think people learn and, and become better people. And I think that's – I think that's a beautiful part of being human. And I think it's an important part of being human. Sadly, I think it's a part that a lot of people don't do or don't 
you know, do well. But I don't think that that's something we can discount. I do not want to cancel Chauncey Billups. I'm not coming for his head. I'm not coming for his job. I'm not coming for him as a human being. Uh, Like I said, I hope that he's fantastic. I hope that he coaches this team well. I want to like him. I want to cheer for him. I want to pull for him. But I want the franchise to give me a reason to. And I want the NBA to put policies in place so that I can. And, And that's all I'm saying, I guess. I don't know. And nothing that you said was reversing course with anything you said before. I think that's really important. It's not like you're walking back any of your statements. Everything you said still upholds. It's just that I think you need to clarify it a little bit. And people need to realize that there's you know, there's gray area and there's different triggers for different people. I mean, talking with you, having conversation with you every day and also editing the podcast, I don't think you said anything different than what you said originally. So just kind of clarifying it there. Clarifying it, yeah. And again, like this is not going to be – a thing that's constant, but that specifically, that was the first time I'd seen something with him come out and it just, it created this like internal dialogue. And But that was the whole issue in the first place, right? Like that whole reason why hiring him in the way that they did was problematic because it's going to create these dialogues in your head and these roller coasters in your in your emotions about when you see a video, like you don't know how to feel. When you see him on the sidelines, you don't know how to feel. Like this is exactly yeah. what you wanted to avoid. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, he's he's the coach that we have. And I hope that it turns out to be a good year. And and I hope that I don't know, I don't even know what to hope. But I, I, I think it's just important, again, to reiterate the fact that I hope that the team going forward will handle things better. And I hope that the NBA at some point you know, maybe these conversations that we have start bigger conversations and eventually there are policies put in place to protect victims of abuse as they are fans and participating in being a part of this. And and I just, I would like to see that happen and I hope that it does. I don't want to end with that. I, I hate ending on a negative note. I, and I feel like that's, you know, I've already given more time to that than I would like to. But I felt that that was important. But this is what I want to end on. CJ McCollum was announced as the NBPA president. Chris Paul has been in that spot for a while. And why are you laughing? Wow, wow Chris Paul got dethroned. Wow. He, no, oh. he, 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 he passed the gauntlet. Like, oh, he no. passed it. Torch. Is a torch. torch. Passed the gauntlet. Who passes what, gauntlets? What's a gauntlet? A gauntlet's like a very negative term. I'm gonna look it up right now, but people don't pass gauntlets, I'll tell you that. Oh. Pass the gauntlet's like a it's like a baton. Pass the baton. one. Or the torch. The torch. Who passes Both a torch? Uh in the Olympics. Hello. Oh. <laughs> Okay, fair. I like baton better. That seems safer. Torch is fire and people can get burned. Yeah, you'd probably light your hair on fire. I would for sure light something on fire. Yeah, gauntlet's kind of like <laughs> an obstacle, a, a, like a very tough obstacle course. Did you hear people say that they ran the gauntlet, right? Yeah. Isn't that a saying? Either way, we're not passing it along. Passing okay. the baton. Okay, I don't know where that came from. I I butcher <laughs> these sayings all the time. Chris Paul passed the baton. Think of it as Got a relay. It. And he passed the baton to CJ McCollum, who, um, I mean, obviously I'm a little biased. Like I said earlier, I'm a big fan of CJ McCollum. And and again, I think it needs to be said, like, I'm the biggest fan of CJ McCollum when it comes to off the court. He is doing things and he's a solid, he seems like he's super intelligent. Unlike me, who says things like super intelligent. Um, Pass the gauntlet. <laughs> Pass the gauntlet. Ay, ay, ay. He seems like a perfect fit for this. And I obviously am biased, but I'm really excited about this. Yeah, um, what are his policies? What does he stand for? 
What's not this platform? an actual presidential election here, Josh. <laughs> Chill. Um, no, CJ's cool. I like CJ a lot. Yeah, so he, he seems to be well liked by the league, and you know it's really important. I'm a union baby. My father raised me to be a union baby, and I realize how important union representation is. And that person who's leading the union has to be well liked, but also well spoken. I think CJ fits all that. Yeah, for sure. I think he's very well respected, and I think he's someone who will. I, I believe his um, his actual degree is in communications. Um, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, he has I a think, podcast. Like, he yeah, knows what he's doing. He knows yeah, how to communicate. He, he's really good at that. He's one of those guys that I hope when he retires, he goes into media. Because I think he'd be I think he'd be great at that. His brother is actually doing that right now. He's, Eric, he's yeah. yeah, Eric has been um, doing some of that. Anyway, so CJ, NBPA president, most likely still going to be a Blazer next year. So we're going to go ahead and claim that we are the champions of something. <laughs> Um, we, we, the president is on our team. Right. So we win. So, so Dame's three balls from 35 feet now are worth five points. I mean, Chris Paul's <laughs> team made it to the, to the finals. I'm just are saying. You, are you like, suggesting collusion? Is that what you're saying? Look, no, 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 not at all. <laughs> I'm just saying that when the president is on your team, it automatically right. makes you better. Like oh. you just play better. So, so. Direct we, correlation. So okay. when when Dame asked for you know a a, a better better support system, um, they they hired <laughs> you the players they, union. They put, That's what you need. Yeah, they put CJ as the president of the players union. So got it. Here we are. <laughs> um, but seriously, in all seriousness, like jokes aside, I think that's it's it's a huge, it's a big deal. I'm really excited for for him to be taking that over. I think it's really great. So Josh, you have anything you want to add about the? Blazers and how fantastic we are and I don't think it's as doomsday as a lot of Blazers fans think I mean no I know last year it was you know one round and out and I think a lot of it has to do with that just team getting stale maybe Stotts and his message getting stale I do like Terry Stotts maybe it was time to move on like I said I think the starting five is very solid need to play a little more defense a few pickups here and there and the Blazers to me are a good team in the west that are going to make the playoffs might make the second round. And to be honest with you, if the Blazers do better than they did last year, that can convince Dame to say, you know what? We took a step in the right direction this year. Maybe we didn't make the Western Conference Finals. Maybe we make the finals. But I like Chauncey. I like the vibe of this team. We're gelling right now. I want to stay. And I think if you're a Blazer fan, I know championship is the goal every year. But I think the goal this year should be like, you know what? Let's just get to the second round. It's an upgrade from what we did last year. Maybe Dame is happy. And I think this team is more than capable of doing so if Neil puts the right pieces around Dame. Because you know, right now he's failed to do so. I don't think necessarily you have to trade CJ, although I do think at some point that marriage does has to break up. But the Blazers aren't as bad as I think a lot of Blazer fans are making them out to be right now. And they're just a few pieces away, but the, but Neil has to provide those pieces. Yeah, it feels like things kind of blew up. <clears throat> yeah. And I think there's a lot of emotion behind everything that's going on. And when emotion gets involved, it feels a lot worse than it is. And you're right. right. I mean, this is, this is a starting lineup that – Last year at this time, I would have been, you know, raising the flags and planning the parade. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> if we're being honest, like, this is a starting lineup. That being said, though, like, they ran it and it didn't work. But, so, but Norm is new. I mean, Norm got traded yeah. at the deadline. You got yeah. to incorporate Norm. 
And like I said, they're small, but you can fix these type of things, you know, through free agency, through trades. And Neil just has to get creative. If he really wants Dame to stay, you got to give him at least something. You got to give him something. And there has to be some improvements. And the good thing about this is that an improvement this year would be making the second round, which I think this Blazer team is capable of doing. Yeah. Can we trade Neil? No, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hopefully, hopefully it's going to be a good year. You know, hopefully this will settle and the trade season isn't over yet. There things can still happen. Moves can still be made. And I, I mean, I've said before, I, I feel like something is going to have to happen because right now we're basically, we have so many guards, <laughs> so many short people. Well, short is a relative term. Height, but. height. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Height <laughs> you need and also defenders. You can get that. There's still people, you know, in free agency that you can get. Like I said, someone like Josh Hart, who's a shooting guard, who's not going to, you know, stuff the stat sheet, but can play a little defense and hit an occasional three, bring some athleticism. Someone like that. I mean, Neil just has to do something uh, along those lines, and I think the Blazers would be okay. You know, they're not going to win a championship this year, and that's okay. But just keep Dame around, show him that there's progress being made, and hopefully him and Chauncey form a bond in a relationship that makes him want to stay. It's a wild realization when you're talking about a team being short and you're literally talking about people being six and a half feet tall. Everyone on the team is taller than me. And I'm like, these guys are short. You some height. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. five two. Like yeah. I'm, I'm not, I can't, I can't even come close to talking, but it just, it's such a weird realization. Well, Josh, I, I appreciate you being here. I appreciate your feedback as a totally unbiased person. Um, (laughs) and just for, for your contribution, thank you. We appreciate you as a producer. I would just like to say, I appreciate you as a producer because (laughs) sometimes we hand stuff over to you and I'm like, oh boy, I did not uh, come across well there. And by the time it comes out, it sounds great. So I'm going to go ahead and give you credit for that. And, you know, thank you for everything you do. You are a background person on this podcast. So people don't really know, but Josh, Josh is the best at what he does. He, um, I didn't know a lot about this world and like how this all worked together before, but, but watching how he does this and the way he pieces it together, he is a pro and we are beyond lucky to have him doing this for us and, and making us sound as, as good as he does every, I mean, there are some things that just can't be fixed. So don't blame Josh for that, but you know, like passing the gauntlet. I, you can't pass a gauntlet. I Yeah, well, maybe <laughs> now we can. We're just going to go with it. So, Josh, thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate everything you do for for Dave and I and our podcast. And um, I appreciate you being here today. So, thanks. Well, I appreciate you having me on. It was a good time. I am. I don't ever do this. Dave always does this. And I don't know what to do with myself. But just- I have been Dia Miller. I'm still Dia Miller. I'm Dia Miller. <laughs> Once um, I was Dia Miller. For- <laughs> For Dave and Dia and Blazers Edge Podcast, thank you for being here. We will be back next week. I believe Dave will be back next week. Um, and I should be as well. So we will be back. This is the worst ending of all Jeez. time. My goodness. Um, Bye, everybody. See ya. <laughs> thank you. A hater sees an opening down the lane. Moves towards the hoop. But then Dia comes out of nowhere to swap the shot attempt away. Saying, get that weak stuff out of here. Dave scoops up the loose ball. Now it's a fast break the other way with Dia. She's flying down the court. Dave comes here an alley-oop. She jams it. Boom! Shakalaka! The crowd is on its feet saluting Dia. I tell you, if she isn't the rookie of the year, they really ought to just stop giving the award. What a talent! <laughs>